following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 145, one of the last barnstormers in the modern era. Coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Well, folks, welcome to Stuck Mike Avcast. I am here with Dewey Davenport, one of the modern-day barnstormers. I say one of the last barnstormers, but he's actually a current barnstormer, and uh, he is the purveyor of good folk and old times biplane rides. It's Dewey Davenport. Dewey, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. You know, it's exciting. Now, Dewey, the way I found out about Dewey, and just a little story here, is that I'm at Sun and Fun, and I started doing some searches in YouTube as far as videos, and you started coming up in the YouTube search, did a great job doing a vlog uh, running around Sun and Fun, and I said, you know, this person is really excited about aviation. I had no idea that you did biplane rides, except I saw this little T-shirt you were wearing, and uh, you know it had it had your Good Times logo in it. So uh, I was like, "Good folks, excuse me, an old time biplane rides." That is awesome. the The people you talk to, the the excitement you have for aviation is is just phenomenal, and uh, a real great uh, uh, testament to aviation, and also to uh, to the passion of aviation. Dewey is is one of these people, and that's why we're having him on. Uh, but Dewey. You're you're actually you're a real honest to goodness barnstormer, aren't you? I am. I I feel well. I know I am. I'm, <laughs> um, you know, I started out flying a, a Travel Air four thousand, which I still have, and uh, I would travel around to the different airports here and around in the Dayton, Ohio area, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, down in the Virginia area. And uh, in the fall, I, there's a farmer that lives nearby. They let me land out in a cornfield and hop rides for about a month. So that's that- exactly what barnstormers did. You know, back in the day, they they lived off the airplane, and the airplane lived off of them. So that's kind of how my travel air and myself has kind of made it made it work. Well, one of the things I love about barnstorming, and just in general, in an open cockpit airplane, I got my first ride in a Stearman, uh, my first open cockpit airplane, I tell you, I fell in love. I, you know, I fly in jets and stuff like that. And so do you around the world. And my gosh, uh, there is nothing like sticking your hands out into the wind and being able to look straight down and not look through a window and actually smell the grass cut and smell in our, in my case, the orange groves and all the citrus. It's just absolutely wonderful. And I tell you what, I came down from that, with a smile on my face, I just couldn't wipe it off. Well, that's kind of what happened to me. I, I mean, I've always been involved with old antique airplanes. You know, I started with model airplanes, and then when I was 18, I started flying a J3 Cub at a local airport here. And it's just, I mean, who isn't fascinated with an old open cockpit biplane with a radio engine? And that's kind of way I remember when I was just a little kid, I could remember DC-3s and stuff flying over and Stearmans, and it's just you're just fascinated with it. And that's kind of what I did. Yeah, every time so I Stearman see it. was my first ride. Oh, <laughs> so it was. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it actually is one way a lot of people get a start is uh, in those Stearman rides. Um, the the stand you also fly another one, the Standard, which I think is a cool aircraft. It's uh, a little bit bigger and and uh, as far as the cockpit and the ability to to take more people on a ride, I think it's cool because the fact that you can actually take a small family up in that aircraft, couldn't you? Yeah, the the new standard is, you know, it's able to carry four people. It's a five-person airplane. And, uh, you know, it's we, it's the king of all barnstorming aircraft, um, you know, designed by Charles Day and, and Ivan Gates from the Gates Flying Circus. And, you know, it has 
such a significant history on real barnstorming back in the 20s is that there's only eight of them flying right now. So, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I was blessed to be able to get this airplane last June, and uh, it's really helped my business. You know, I, I was able to fly over 1,000 people last year. Wow. Um, and that's a lot of flying. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I, I had a lot, I'm having a lot of fun with, you know, trying to keep both airplanes going. But, you know, the standard is just, it has the elegance uh, with the wings and, and, you know, being able to take up little kids and, and their parents. And, you know, it's the whole family, like you said. You know, Dewey, going back to a time of the barnstormers, uh, so we can understand, you know, sometimes we hear the term barnstorming, but we don't really understand what it is and, and what time period we're talking about. Um, could you tell us maybe a, a little bit of the history behind that as far as the, the time period and, and what are we talking here? Was this a time when, when people were flowing with money or, or, or was it a tougher time in life? Sure. Well, you know, I'm still learning a lot myself. Um, but really, barnstorming started after World War I. Um, you know, there's all these pilots that the United States taught how to fly. And then after the war, there's no jobs because there was no, you know, commerce for it. So these pilots bought uh, surplus Jennies and, and J-1 standards. And then they would go out and offer rides to the United States. And they would be all over the country. And really, the largest flying circus was the Gates Flying Circus. It started out on the West Coast with Ivan Gates and Clyde Pangborn. And then they actually, over a couple years, they progressed east. And based their, their final base was in Teterboro, New Jersey, which if you're in the corporate world or anything, <laughs> that's the corporate jet capital of the world. But if you can imagine... You know, back in 1927, 1928, Ivan Gates had 11 airplanes all parked on Teterboro Airport. And, uh, you know, through their existence, they flew about 800,000 people. So they, you know, Barnstormers introduced the world, the people, to the air. They were the, really the first ones to, to take, you know, a lot of people up, um, offering rides, and then eventually they started getting into the stunts and the wing walking and things like that to keep uh, things, I guess, a little bit uh, more exciting for the crowds and the, and the people to come. And, and during all this barnstorming, at the beginning, money was okay, but then the Depression hit in the late 20s, and that's when a lot of the old airplane uh, factories went out of business and a lot of the barnstormers, you know, kind of went bankrupt and, and, and different things like that. But, and also regulation kind of um, struck and caused, you know, the, the barnstorming and the ride business and the wing walking business actually to wash up uh, just because of, you know, back then it was the CAA, but now it's the FAA. They kind of, you know, start putting all these rules and regulations on things. Well, and, and so, I understand that that was kind of tough. I mean, they obviously did it for our safety, et cetera. But, it, but boy, you know, when that starts out, it's like, gosh, what do I do now? So, so now that you had all these regulations, I mean, what, what happened next? Well, what happened next is pretty much everything started being, you know, certified. You know, why I'm able to give rides in a Travel Air, 1929 Travel Air, and a 1930 new standard is because those airplanes were actually – certified aircraft back then so i have a type certificate site type certificate so i'm still able to uh you know offer rides and things like that because it was a certified plane so barnstormers some of them kept being barnstormers but then we started having you know air travel and things like that they started building more commercialized aircraft to take people places and and different things like that um Really, right after the barnstorming thing was the speed uh, uh, air races. So you started seeing a lot of pylon races and air derbies and, and things, you know, people flying across the country. So that was a lot different than what barnstormers, because, you know, they were flying old crates, you know, Jennies and J1s, and they were mad out of wood, and they flew 65, 70 miles an hour top speed. But now they're doing 200, 250 miles an hour and, and things like that. So that, that brought a a lot of interest into the uh, public and, and, you know, they had these big air shows and things like that with air races. 
Well, the so, air races, that's a, it's a whole other ball game. I'm, I'm wondering how that affected maybe the barn store's business, and maybe people became much more interested in the, in the air races, and uh, I'm sure that maybe they had to become uh, you know, diversified and not just doing barn storing, but also flying really fast. Yeah, it did. You know, back, Ivan Gates would actually, you know, the, the flying circus that, you know, he was running, uh, each year they would go to their air races and, um, and different things like that to do their wing walking and shows. But eventually, you know, the air racing, you know, the barnstormers pretty much got shut down because of regulation. None of the Jennies were certified airplanes and none of the J1s. So they had problems you know, what airplanes could you fly? And then eventually Travel Air came out with their aircraft, and then there was multiple other aircraft that were being designed and and, and certified to, to be a barnstormer. But then people was more interested in air traveling and commuting and, and things like that. And open cockpit biplane really isn't uh, uh, a big part of that. <laughs> and then we started the airmail, and... You know, kind of the airmail was kind of into the barnstorming, during the barnstorming, and then it kind of ended, and then we started flying airplanes that were in closed cockpits and things. Well, now you're flying an airplane from this era, and I, I know that you're doing it for a couple of reasons. It truly is Americana. It, it uh, represents a time. It re- represents a time not only as an antique, but also a time as far as people and and personalities and you know a time when when we came together as a country one of the things that i've always kind of wondered about is why isn't there the like modern day uh, barnstormers and maybe there are maybe maybe there are some more modern day barnstormers that they're building uh i know waco has uh has the biplane and all but but it really it seems like built for actual the 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 rides and stuff like that open cockpit uh, they haven't really done much, uh, I, I'm assuming, in the past uh, couple decades. No, there there is not a lot of opportunity on new aircraft. I mean, Waco is the only manufacturer that I know of. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, the expense uh, to operate an aircraft and then the liability, um, trying to you know, to go buy a Waco, a ride Waco, brand new, is five six $600,000. Yeah. So just the expense and to try to keep that aircraft busy enough to pay for itself and the insurance is is going to be very difficult. So you have to be in a good area. And it's, it's not impossible, but people are doing it. It's just uh, there are some barnstormers out there that's doing very well. I have met a few. Um, I still, like, you know, every time I'm out flying around, I stop in if there's a, a biplane business. I go up and introduce myself and things like that. So, you know, it really you have to go back and and get these older aircraft. You know, a lot of people are offering rides in in Wacos and UPF sevens and things like that. Uh, some Stearmans, but um, like I said, there's only I think eight new standards flying, and maybe less than thirty or forty travel airs flying. There's not a lot of uh, variety of uh, open cockpit biplanes that's even out there. That's why I think we see most of our airplane rides are in 172s. Obviously, something a lot less, a lot more economical, I should say. And and boy, you know, it's it's so much fun taking people up for a ride in a, in a 172. Imagine being out there, you know, with bugs in your teeth and and being able to, to smell the environment around you and and having this incredibly uh, sounding engine, you know, roaring in front of you. This is just such a neat experience. Uh, but you know, Dewey, I'm I'm thinking most people. I dream about doing what you're doing, becoming a barnstormer. And the journey from when you were flying that J3 Cub to becoming a barnstormer uh, didn't happen, I don't think, overnight. It's uh, there, I'm sure there's been a few bumps along the way. And, and what in the world? I mean, who? what day did you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, I, I think I can do this? And, and when, <laughs> when did that happen? Well, I think... I was in high school when I said I, I could do it. Wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's when I wanted, I, I said back then to my parents, I said, you know, I want to own an old biplane and, and do rides and have my own grass strip. So 
I mean, I planned this long, long time ago. And then, you know, through my career, you know, flying uh, commercially and things like that, you know, I've, I've been able to purchase, you know, I have four different airplanes. So, you know, I've had a Champ and I have a Pete and Pole. And I've kind of collected these airplanes and eventually um, what happened, I was a government contractor. I got furloughed from my, the company that I work for right now. And uh, I went overseas and worked as a government contractor for four and a half years. And really during that time, I've really started to focus on owning a biplane and, you know, trying to do a ride business. And that's kind of what happened. I sacrificed a lot, four and a half years to do it all. And when I came back, I, I had the, you know, I, I bought the Travel Air, which I, I named my Travel Air Ace. And I, I bought Ace in 2013. And even before I bought the airplane, I, I built a website and everything. And I just had made up pictures uh-huh. because this is what I wanted. <laughs> So, uh, and then eventually when I, I came back on a, a deployment, I was able to get my LOA, uh, through the FAA and it's just, it's something that, you know, I've just worked for and I've always wanted to do it because it's, it's a fascinating era to me is the barnstorming era, the golden age. And, you know, nowadays a lot of, you know, well, they don't teach any of this history, but even in the real world of new aviation, they don't teach what, you know, barnstorming is about. So I was, I've been really uh, blessed just because the people I'm around around in Ohio, they're in an antique airplane. So they teach me a lot and they encourage me. And that's, I have a really good friend, Jim Hammond. Uh, he has a lot of very great antique old airplanes. And what really made me buy my travel air, he told me, he says, you know, it'll work. And when I heard it from him, it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, okay, he, he understands what I, what my goals are and, and we have kind of the same passion. So I don't know. That's kind of what, what it took. It's just a lot of hard work. <laughs> a lot of hard work and uh, it doesn't, didn't happen overnight. I mean, they, we're talking years here, right? It's not, right. Yeah. So what yeah. a, but you had this vision, and I think one of the important things about reaching those goals in aviation, I mean, we all have goals. Uh, some of us are trying to get our private pilot certificate. Some want to get their instrument or commercial or learn how to do aerobatics. Uh, but you, from a young age, had this picture in this in your head of what you wanted to do. Um, there's a lot of people listening right now that are trying either to get back into aviation uh, but they still have that vision of flying. Uh, they want to start their licenses, et cetera. Um, I'd love to hear you talk to them and, and tell them, you know, what what would you advise them as, as far as, you know, getting into aviation and uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's, who's saying, God, one day I also want to fly one of those? Yeah. Well, I do a lot of community. I go to a lot of schools and talk to kids because, you know, where I grew up in the country, it, I really try to influence people because I, I tell them, if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, yeah, things are a lot more expensive now. When I was renting a J3 Cub, it was $26 an hour. <laughs> well, now it's maybe 70 But, you know, you have to go and make that first step. And if you want to go get your license, uh, go out to the airport, take an intro flight, talk to someone, try to figure out what exactly uh, it takes to – to move forward. Uh, and one thing I always try to encourage people that's learning, you don't need to go and, and rent that brand new Cirrus with the glass cockpit and the 172 with the G1000 uh, panel. Go and learn the basics of flying in a J3 Cub or a Champ, something like that. It's going to be a lot less expensive. And you learn how to fly an airplane. And then once you get your license, and then you can go and spend an hour or two and learn this new technology. And then now you know how to fly an airplane, and now you know how to use this new technology. And it, it's going to be a lot cheaper. So that's what I try to do. And, you know, my grass strip, I encourage anybody that stops by. Um, I have a champ. I've, had, I've been flying it for 20 years. It's almost the community airplane. You know, there's a kid that grew up in town. 
he got to fly this airplane for years for free. I just let him, wow. I let him go fly the airplane. And the reason is, is because the farmer I bought it from, he let me fly the airplane for eight, nine years and I never put a drop of gas in it. So I'm just trying to give back. And, um, you know, that's, that's really my encouragement is just go out to the airport and talk to someone and, and, and see if you can figure out some way to, to talk to them. And, you know, there's possibly grants or scholarships, you know, depending on where you're living, um, you know, that maybe possibly help you out on learning. Well, and, and gosh, you know, of course, being the publisher of aerospacescholarships.com, I mean, we, we really try to help people move forward. I'm glad you brought that up, as there's there's more scholarships out there than, than you realize. We're adding new scholarships every single day to the, to the guide. And, um, you know, we've been blessed that we've been able to create the largest online directory. But it's just for, it's for people like you just said. It's for those people that want to fulfill that dream and think that this is impossible. I love what you said about, you know, it's not, it's not about just just the money and buying and going out and, and renting that that glass cockpit aircraft uh, uh you know like a cirrus etc there's so many other ways to get into flying and inexpensively we we all want the garments and the gps's in our airplanes but it is kind of cool to go up in, a, in an older aircraft because really that's uh even if it's just an old 172 like you said uh, i think that's a great point uh just get up in the air uh an old 172 doesn't rent for that much money i mean especially if it doesn't have any any avionics in it and as a matter of fact you know you can buy one fairly inexpensively oh about as much as a car uh, nowadays yes and that's really cool isn't it I, you know, I encourage people if they think they want to be in the career, I tell them go buy an airplane, go buy a Cherokee 140 or a 172, and go get your private instrument commercial, and you can sell that airplane for the same price you just paid for it. And uh, that's kind of what I did. I, I bought a Champ. You know, I was young. I was 20 years old, I think. There was four of us bought a Champ for twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> and uh we were i was broke <laughs> i was working at mcdonald's and so we had this champ and i flew it every day and um you know back then we we were able to put auto gas and stuff in it so it it was very inexpensive to just build up flight time um but well, yeah i i highly encourage people to just go out and try to get in the basic airplane learn how to fly it and then you can move into the technology it it wasn't until you know, I got this new job, you know, since I started flying for net jets, I flew any glass cockpit. Right. Was, <laughs> well, th- it's interesting because a, a lot of people don't realize that the stick and rudder skills are so important. I know, you know, on, on the airliners that I fly and for, to the small aircraft, it's, it's still an airplane. And you can tell a lot of those folks that are out there flying uh, in the fly general aviation uh, as far as landing is concerned. Uh, you still have to use your rudder, and you still have to use ailerons, and and there's there's not that'll never change. <laughs> you know, there's just just physics involved, and to have those skills, you, you really develop those skills, especially flying some of the smaller aircraft. Um, but going back to to what you said is, I, I think one of the things that that I think is important for people to know is that. You had some challenges too in life. I mean, you you know, it seems like we went from there to to the biplanes, but being able to afford these and, and being able to give back like you you're doing, which I, is very commendable. And I love I love that story where you're uh, letting a young person fly that aircraft. Um, there's there's some bumps along the road. You said that you got furloughed, meaning you were out of a job, and then you went to work uh, uh, overseas. Not that we can talk much about it, but uh, a lot of people don't realize there's so many contracting jobs overseas that you can go work for, both civilian and also military contracts. Uh, you know, and and we, you know, in the Aviation Careers podcast, we talk a lot about that. Where, you know, you can go out and uh, m- much of the flying is done by contractors, meaning civilian contractors. Obviously, you have to go through a background and get a clearance and all. Uh, but there's much of that that's done out there, and. And you're out there uh, doing a lot of the same jobs, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, as, as a lot of the military pilots, right? Yes. I actually flew with mixed crew, so I flew with military. And, um, yeah, I, I have four and a half years in, in the Middle East or Southwest Asia. And um, just in 2011 alone, I spent 290 days there and flying and and uh, doing things 
So it, it was a big sacrifice of being away. I'm a very homebody parents or I'm very close to my family, my parents and my brother's sisters and their kids. And so, you know, being gone, it, it, it became a lot of, there's a lot of stress. I, I must admit, I've seen a lot. Um, you know, I don't want to encourage it for everybody. I'm, I'm strictly a civilian. Uh, I have a lot of experience flying the most sophisticated aircraft in the world. And, um, you know, it, not a lot of civilians get to say that. And that I've, I've, uh, I don't know. It, it's been a very unique career for me. I must say the the furlough was really almost a blessing. Um, just because it allowed me to barnstorm, you know, I quit my contracting job overseas because I needed a break. I started, um, just being gone too much and not really a, like feeling reality. So I wanted to come back here and be by a biplane and I, I had the biplane and I wanted to go out and, and meet America. So that's why I started barnstorming. That's what barnstormers did. They kind of live free and just travel around and have fun. And, and that's, that's really what good folk and old time biplane rides came <laughs> out of. <laughs> and, and it makes so, us yeah. all smile. That's for sure. When we, we see Americana and, and, and flying around, I know that, you know, th- there was a seminal event for you, uh, overseas that, that caused you to come here back. And, and, uh, I think it was the loss of a friend. Uh, and, uh, and by doing that, by coming back, it, you've, you've been able to be a blessing amongst all these other people in life. I think that's terrific and been able to inspire people, not just to fly, but just to get up and, and, and experience something new. And we talk about these biplane rides. This is for everybody. Uh, it, it's not, it's mainly for people to take rides, but it's not just for pilots. Uh, you've actually flown people. I'm assuming that that probably will never be able to fly an airplane, uh, but it may have some challenges in life. But I know that must have been really exciting for you to do. I, I'd love to hear maybe a couple of stories of of people you've been able to fly that that really inspired you and you inspired them. Sure, it, you know, and that's you're exactly right. It's like I can tell you so many stories, and I I have a friend that helps me fly and. But when you're out barnstorming, you're meeting America. You're meeting the world, actually. You can't say America because I've flown people from all over the world. So you take a, a person for a ride that's 65 years old, and when you get done, they stand up in a seat and they yell back at you saying, I dreamed about this all my life, <laughs> and I dreamed about landing on a grass strip, and you did both. You took me up in a biplane. You landed on a grass runway. You know, and I've had people crying, hugging me, kissing me. I mean, it's the Waldo Pepper. It really is. Um, Inc. Magazine did an article last May, and uh, they contacted a lady up in Cleveland area. But I took her son, JT. And um, JT's a little bit younger than myself, but he has some disability where he can't walk. I'm flying the Traveler. And uh, she went up to my helper, my scooter, and asked, hey, my son's in a wheelchair. You think maybe we could get him in this airplane? And she said, my scooter said, Dewey's always been able to get someone in the airplane, no matter what. So I'm busy. I'm flying at this big event. I shut the engine down, and we took 20 minutes and loaded up JT. He's never been in an airplane. Um, He never wants to leave his wheelchair. So... What we did, we picked him up, carried him, got him in the airplane. I took him for a ride, and we did everything. We did the well, everything I would do legally, the steep turns, and you know, I did a uh, the wing overs and all that good stuff. I gave him a good ride, and when I got him in the airplane, his mom just started screaming because she was excited and happy uh, to see that. Uh, I was in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and flew another. A uh, gentleman and his five-year-old son, maybe, but he had cerebral palsy. And he was going to dinner with his parents and his wife, and he he just come up. He says, can you get me in the airplane? I said, sure. And he says, well, we're going to be late to dinner. <laughs> so um, I've, I've flown to wounded, wounded Warrior events over in Middletown, Ohio, that uh, Dave Hart puts on. It's, a, um, it's called a uh, Warrior Weekend. So I've been there twice. And like last year, we flew 50-some wounded warriors and Gold Star families. 
And, uh, you know, it, it was really cool because everyone appreciates it. Uh, I appreciate it. And especially, uh, you know, for what I did before in my contracting job, you know, I actually, uh, got to meet people that I probably, you know, possibly worked with and, uh, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes me feel good to make them feel good. So it's, it's not just about the money. It's about uh, getting out there and affecting other people's lives. And doing that in your career is incredibly important and in your life is incredibly important. That's something that you are a testament to, and I think that's terrific. Well, I appreciate it. And it's definitely not about the money because I'm not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, it, it's don't go into barnstorming if you want to want to save up for that big house. <laughs> is, that, is that the yeah, advice you'll you, give? <laughs> well, the big house is a large tarp that goes over the wing. So <laughs> it's um, I, you know, I have lived a good life. I'm not going to lie because, you know, one thing I did go overseas for four and a half years, but I also had good jobs before that. Um and I'm single. I don't have kids. So I've always saved uh, my money and invested it in different things. But really, that's, you know, I was able to get a step ahead when I did do my contracting work. And it's mainly because, you know, majority of my year, I was never home. I was gone, you know, 10 months out of the year. You never get to spend any money. And uh, but, yeah, it, you know, it, it's not about the money at all because, if it is, everyone would be doing it. And, you know, one thing that I'm doing different than most, most ride haulers or barnstormers is that I barnstorm. There's very few of us that really barnstorm. We go out and we fly at different airports, uh, different events. You know, most people are fixed base and fixed base is, is really a good thing for a, a, a biplane ride operator, but they aren't barnstormers. A barnstormer is one that's going to travel and go meet the people, go meet the world. And that's my difference. And that's why I say I'm a modern-day barnstormer, because there's very few of us that really go out and really barnstorm an airplane. And I can take credit cards, so that's, that makes, makes me modern-day also. <laughs> that's modern-day right there, yeah, without yeah. the cell phone, right? We wouldn't be able to do exactly. that. But <laughs> I think that's, that's yeah. so awesome, though, because all you need is just a field, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, you got to be in a field, you got to have someone allow you in the field. So right. um, the field that I fly out of in, in Zinga, they have a pumpkin barn. So it's, kids can come and pick, pick uh, pumpkins and things. And in one day, I'm flying 50 people. And the only thing I have is road signs because I've been there three years now. People anticipate me being there. They want me there. And they just love it. I mean, what cooler thing is you go into a fresh combine cornfield. I mean, you got corn stalks flying and dust and dirt and stuff swirling around. It's, it's really cool, and it takes hours to clean the airplane afterwards. But it, it really is a lot of fun. Um, you know, they have like a 1,000 acres of, of a field, so it, there's plenty of room for me to operate in and out of. So it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm sure everybody else is listening, saying, gosh, I wish I, I could do that. That's what an incredible life you've had. Um, but it, it hasn't been without its challenges. I mean, uh, you, going, going back to, to Dewey, the, the young man, um, one of the things that's kind of unique about you, and, I, and we didn't mention this, is from, from what we know and from what I, my research and, and, and yourself, you are probably the only african-american barnstormer that i know of and that i think you know of also that's out there i mean has there been what, what kind of any type of challenges that uh, i know that's unique but any type of challenges that that have come because of that of, of your background you know i i haven't really had any issues with my race um you know growing up yes you know you you have challenges and you have a lot of people say things to you just because that's the way people are raised around here. Um, yeah, I live in a 99%, you know, Caucasian white town, but you know, everyone knows me. I know them. They know my family. I know their family. Um, so, you know, I haven't really had big issues here or even out, you know, hiccups here and there, but not as I'm barnstorming. Um, I did go to one of my first events in the travel air 
And um, I showed up at the airport, you know, and the airport manager says, man, you're not who I expected. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure what he meant, but, you know, I'm young. That's, you know, I was 30, I think 37 when I had my travel air, first got the travel air. So one thing, I'm very young to own an antique biplane like this most people are 70 80 years old and can't even get in them so they still keep them and and it's it's kind of hard to for a young um adult to to come up and be able to afford stuff like this when you have museums and everything hold hold all the airplanes but you know i it's been a good it's been a good career and yeah i i'm pretty sure i'm the only african-american barnstormer in the united states and probably in the world um, but you know, I don't go around and advertise that. I just show up and my flying does my talking. Right. So people love my flying. Um, they love my, you know, I'm a barnstormer. I, I take a lot of pride in what, uh, everything, you know, I drive by, I work the crowd and, and things like that. And that's what people want. They want that entertainment. They want that also that safety. They want to be able to, to fly and feel comfortable and have fun. And that's what I give everyone. I give, I have not had one person dislike any of my rides <laughs> and I've flown a few thousand people already. Well, gosh. So it, it makes me feel good. <laughs> I can't wait to go up with you. I, I definitely, uh, going to get over there and, and take a ride. It's, uh, but, uh, you know, going back to something you said earlier, you know, this is Americana and you know, you're, you're flying people from, all over the country, but you also said all over the world, and and I, I think I'd like to stress even in America is the world. I mean, there's so many people here from so many different places and so many different backgrounds uh, that uh, you know the airplane doesn't know who you are uh, behind the controls; it just knows you're the pilot. And I love what you said. You know, you let the flying speak for itself. Uh, so it's it's really neat to to see you being somebody who's an ambassador for the world, really, and and for aviation. Um, one of the things too that you said you you know go around talking to people in schools, et cetera, and they, I think it's neat to see somebody come in the door and say to them, "Hey, listen, I've done it, and so can you. I have had I have this background, and so do you, and I've done it. So you know, I think you can, and and just by doing that." You're going to be able to inspire somebody somewhere who's thinking, oh, you know, I come from a poor background. I come from, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm an immigrant from here or whatever, thinking, gosh, I can't do it. But but they can, can't they? Oh, of course. I mean, that's that's the whole point. That's why America is America. It's a land of freedom and dreams. And, and you know, my parents were both from West Virginia, very poor, um, you know, but my parents taught me a lot. They taught me how to work hard and they taught me how to be kind to people. And really I would have to say every job and every opportunity that I have received has been strictly off of really off of opportunities that I've received by meeting people. And when you treat someone good or do something kind to someone, then it, the way I look at it, it comes back to you tenfold. And it, it really has, um, you know, my, I grew up in a, you know, my dad was a pipe fitter, plumber. They didn't have a lot of money. And I didn't go, and I don't have a college degree, but they paid for me to go to flight school, you know, and they had to, um, you know, get a second mortgage on their house and things like that. So, you know, they, they made a big sacrifice for me. But then as I progressed, you know, I had really good people help me, which one of them was Jim West from skydive green county he gave me my very first uh job and i flew skydivers and really he set my life because it allowed me to uh i flew beach 18s and then i started flying twin otters and then i got typed in a casa 212 so uh, you know jim really helped me uh get a foot ahead with having good flight time and experience like that so it's every job i've ever received was was really meeting someone and they helped me and that I, I tell everybody just do the right thing make sure you keep yourself in a good situation you see yourself with some friends or uh, or something like that that's doing something wrong you need to get out of that situation because it will mess your career up you don't want to be riding around with someone who's drinking 
you don't want to be around any drugs. So just keep yourself, uh, you know, on the up and up. <laughs> well, that's some that's great advice. I I, and I think that's great advice for anybody, no matter what stage yeah. of life you're in, period. You know, it's, uh, and, and that's why, why Dewey, I, I tell you, one of the things that attracted me the most to you is the fact that uh, just your persona is, is somebody that is electrifying and also uh, is inspiring to so many people. I just loved watching you walk around Sun and Fun. We never saw each other, by the way. People are thinking, oh, you know, Carl does Sun and Fun Radio. Of course he saw it. And we didn't see each other at all. I saw all the videos. We've passed the same booth, and I was, like, experiencing it through your videos, and they were awesome. Uh, speaking of which, you know, one of the things we we have to tell folks is that you can actually be – you can go fly with, with Dewey. You can fly, you know, in his aircraft – you do serve, uh, I think it's Dayton, Columbus, that area, uh, Cincinnati, et cetera. Uh, how can yeah. they actually find you? If they want to go up on a ride, where, where can they find you? Well, my website, it's uh, gobiplanerides.com, and, which is good folk and old-time biplane rides. Um, and then, you know, my phone number, 937-877-0837. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Good Folk and Old Time Biplane Rides. I'm also on Instagram under Good Folk and Old Time and also Dewey Davenport. I have Twitter. <laughs> I have Google+. Plus. I do all this stuff. It's a lot of work. You know, yeah. I do all, all myself. But, you know, my website is you can see my schedule and my pricing and where I'm going to be. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be there this year. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty busy with some stuff with work, but, um, you know, that's, and then, you know, I have a, a grass strip, so I'm just about 30 miles east of Dayton, right off of 35. And, you know, you can always come out here and see the airplanes and, you know, hang out. It's a good place to just kind of uh, spend the afternoon and watch the sun go down. But yeah, I have all the social media uh, outlets covered and then there's you can just google biplane rides dayton ohio or columbus and i'm really the only ride hauler around um there are some other ones that's you know just in the past year there's two walkos in the area but you know i hey every everyone has to have uh, they're fun also. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll definitely put this in the show notes, uh, all the links to your your Facebook page and, of course, your videos. I love your videos, by the way. It's kind of cool watching you at, at your work, both uh, fun work, meaning the biplane rides, and your regular work, meaning your other job. Uh, that's a blast. But uh, there's another thing, too, by the way, I really I think we should talk about before we close out, and and that is this really cool thing. It's out in, uh, in Ohio. It's called Barnstorming Carnival, and that looked really neat. I mean, there's all sorts of cool stuff. If somebody's into that that era and they want to go out, even go listen to like big band music, etc., tell us a little bit about this Barnstorming Carnival that you've been involved with. Well, it's something I started to be my fourth year. And, you know, if you guys ever watched a documentary called Barnstorming, it's with Frank Pavliga and Andrew King and a group of barnstormers that meet up and they go out to Indiana to a farmer's field. Um, well, it's that group of, of guys. So they all come through this area, for, you know, the week before Oshkosh. And they're all good friends of mine. So four years ago, I went to the city of Springfield, asked them if I could put on a show. And they said, sure. And I started the first barnstorming carnival. Well, we had probably 45 airplanes show up. And all the airplanes on display are open cockpit, antique, 1920s, 30s, and 40s vintage. Um, it's free for people to come in. We offer biplane rides. And then it's I make it very family-friendly. So I, I don't really advertise it a lot to a lot of the flying communities. But I try to bring it to the community, uh, public community. So uh, I have magic shows, clowns. Uh, rocket building. I, uh, Steve Temple out of uh, Springfield does a rocket building seminar, and all the kids get to build these SD rockets for free. And I end up paying for those. And then we started adding on paper rockets, and uh, the Waco Museum out of Dayton loans us these rocket launchers, and we were able to shoot these rockets off, and that's all free. Uh, I have bounce houses. 
Um, and you know, it just, it's kind of like a little carnival, but it, I, I put it on because I fund a lot of it myself. So I, it's not this huge ordeal. Uh, last year we had about 4,000 people and, uh, maybe 55 to 60 antique airplanes that came in and all the pilots kind of stay there by their planes and they allow people to set in them and touch them and talk to them. Um, I do another thing called meet the barnstormer. Uh, we do a pre-flight where they can bring the kids and then we talk about like how to pre-flight an airplane. It's very, uh, public friendly and it's, it's not really set for, you know, like a, a broadhead or an Oshkosh where a whole bunch of pilots sit there and they can talk to each other. I want all the pilots to talk to the community. It's, it's a little bit of an outreach fly in and it's worked really, really well. Um, it was on the cover of general aviation news in uh, November. So it was my two biplanes and Ted Davis. We were on the cover of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work also, <laughs> but it, it's a great event. Uh, Springfield, you know, the first year uh, I, I put this event on, it's the first time anything publicly has been at that airport in over 30 some years. And still to today, there's really been no city officials show up to the event. So um, I do have some local sponsors that help me. Um, and mostly I pay for the rest of it and I organize it all. I get the food vendors in and I bring, you know, hopefully all the airplanes come and I invite, you know, whoever, you know, if you got an old antique airplane, you're welcome. And, uh, we all shack up in tents and stay at local houses and we have a good time. And it's, it's, I think it's a good thing. I know it's a good thing. It's not, um, anything but a great thing because it's very positive. And, and we need more of that in life. And, and Dewey, I think that's uh, one of the things that, that I, you know, I love about you, and I, I know that listeners do too, is the fact that you are so positive about everything in life. Um, you know, our connection is through aviation. Um, you know, you teach people, you know, a lot uh, based on what you do in life, and you're a wonderful example. And uh, it's been great having you on. One of the things I want to do, though, is tell people that they need to go out to the website, check it out, go buy plane rides, and uh, there's you can sign up for a barnstorming uh, flight. You also, I think, have a book, a little children's activity book. Oh, uh, yeah. Ace, the, the barnstorming airplane, you're still publishing that? I still have them, yeah. Real quick, just last year where I went to school, all the first graders got Ace the Barnstorming Biplane Coloring Books. <laughs> and uh, so they read the book and got the color in it. And then later that day, guess what? Ace got to fly over to school. Oh, cool. And then, then Mr. Goodfolk got to go and meet them all. So I, you know, and those kids are just, they just love it. I mean, they're hugging you and asking you all kinds of funny questions. But that is what, you know, I, you can tell I'm a little bit ate up in aviation, and so. <laughs> and, that, and aren't we all? That's great. It's it's wonderful to hear. Hey, by the way, if I buy a book, will you sign it for me? Can I get Mr. Goodfolk <laughs> to sign it? Yep, it always comes as Mr. Goodfolk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, and, and you can buy that online if you want to check it out too. It's it's awesome. Uh, by the way, I've heard a, maybe an airplane in the background. Is that what I'm hearing flying? Well, there was one that did fly over, but uh, no, there, yeah. none landed. None landed. Yeah, there, it's uh, but it's good to hear airplane noise. It's something we're all excited about. Uh, also, the, the uh, you got a really cool looking uh, T-shirt. This is a cool shirt, just in general. Uh, if you want a, a really cool shirt that has a really cool airplane on it, it's got the travel air on the back. Yeah, it's got the travel air on the back. Uh, it uh, just just everyday wearing. I think it's awesome. So I think you should check it out on the website. So uh, that's at the the Go Biplane Rides. You can get that all there too, right? I'll send you. You can. Um, it'd be easier if you call me. But I have a new shirt out, and it's even cooler. It, oh, really? It has both airplanes on it. Oh, dude, and awesome. in color. I'll I'll have to send you a picture because it is is really awesome. Cool. It has the cool. standard and the travel air. Wow. Um, well, but, um, man, yeah. th this has been awesome, Dewey. I I uh, unfortunately we got to close, but gosh, is there okay. is there anything else uh, you want to tell us? We got a few more minutes here uh, as far as what you do and just uh, uh, where are you going to be next? What what's next for Dewey? Well, um, YouTube. Uh, you guys subscribe on my YouTube channel. I'm trying to build up a, 
a, a subscribing thing for my vlogs and I'm traveling all over the country and and uh, barnstorming I'll have some vlogs with that and Andrew King and myself and Terry Hall we started this series called it's a barnstormer's life it's kind of like a comedy of broke barnstormers trying to make a living um, you know so yeah if other than that feel free to give me a call or email me you know calling's always easier for me because I'm always on the go but uh, you know if you guys have any questions about trying to start a business like this, feel free. I mean, I'll, I can talk anybody into buying an expensive biplane, and, and then you'll probably be mad at me if you go broke. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh, uh, well, we're definitely going to have to talk after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yes, definitely. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man, I tell you, I'd, I'd love to have you back on. As a matter of fact, I, I'd love to have you on, on the other podcast, uh, Aviation Careers Podcast, because I, I think you're very inspirational there. So Dewey Davenport is a, a true modern-day barnstormer, somebody that is incredibly inspirational to you know, children and adults of all ages, people of all different backgrounds, and uh, you know, an accomplished pilot, accomplished uh, corporate pilot, and accomplished uh, barnstorming. Dewey Davenport, you can go to gobiplanerides.com. We'll have a link on in the show notes. It has been absolutely a pleasure having you on, and we definitely would love to have you back on again in the future. All right, Carl, I appreciate it so much, and uh, you guys have a good day and keep flying. And keep positive. Thank well, you. Well, thank you. And this is uh, you know Carl Valer here at the Stuck Mike Avcast speaking with good folk and old times biplane rides. Dewey Davenport, a truly terrific person, inspirational. Go check out the website if you're in the area in Ohio. Make sure you go for a ride with him. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.